Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for joining me again. And for those of you who have been curious and interested in the group coaching program that we've been talking about for, well, probably too long because I sort of announced it before I should have, by the time this episode airs, it should be up and running. So you can actually go over to TomSinger.com and you can find the link for the Cool Things project. And we are going to be putting together a group of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, intrapreneurs, really anybody with that entrepreneurial spirit who feels a little bit alone in the world and would like to have a place to go to talk about their ambition, their ups, their downs of this crazy world of trying to run your own shop, whether you're growing a company or like me, you're just a one-man show who's out there making your own way in the world. It can be really lonely. And so some of the listeners said, how come, Tom, you don't have a group coaching program like some of the other podcasters? And I said, because no one had ever asked for it. And the person said, well, I'm asking. And poof, it took like five months because nothing goes like we want it to. But now we are up and running. And by the time this episode airs, the new website has launched and the new website actually has a way for you to sign up for that. Then I'll get you involved as soon as you sign up with the private Facebook page. We'll be doing weekly Google Hangouts and then we'll do some one-on-one coaching calls talking about this journey that we're all on. So please, if that interests you, now is the time. If you join now, you actually get a couple of free months because I'm going to start the clock on April 1st. But everybody who joins now, we're starting. So you're going to get nine months for the price of six months. So hopefully by the time April 1st comes, we'll be full and ready to go with the whole community because I don't want it to get too big because that's no fun either. So today's episode is kind of going to be a little bit different because we're going to talk to the people who are running a fantastic, although I haven't tried it yet, they said they're going to mail me one, nutrition bar company called Brooks Bars. And that's Brooks, not Brooks. And the way I ran across them is their COO, Pete Smith, was on another podcast that I listened to. And he just had one of these I don't know, his spirit, his soul came through when I interviewed or when I listened to the interview of him. And so I just sent him an email and said, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And we talk about this a lot. I really like people who say, yes, they don't overthink it. They don't you know, run around going, well, how many people download his? Is he famous? Is he going to help us? His answer was yes. And not just yes, but how about if I come on your show with the co-founder and CEO? So we have two guests today, and we've only done multiple guests on a single show maybe two other times. So we are welcoming to the show Pete Smith, who is the COO of Brooks Bars, and the co-founder and CEO, Brooke Muldoon. Thanks so much for having us, Tom. We're excited to be on your show. Happy to be here, Tom. Thank you. So tell the audience a little bit. Let's start off with what is Brooks Bars. Sure thing. So Brooks Bars um, is our healthy, delicious snack bar business. And But I'm going to take you back to sort of how we started and kind of our why. So... Brooks Bars were really born out of our desire to combine the things that we love, um, which are delicious foods and comfort food, but not, I guess, in the traditional sense in the way that you would think of comfort food. 
Um, to us, comfort food really means whole ingredients, real foods, um, and foods that particularly fit within a gluten, dairy, soy, and egg-free diet. And that's mm, because... Mm, now I got to jump in. Mm, okay, that makes sure. it sound like delicious and gluten-free and everything else free, soy-free, dairy-free. Those two words don't often go together. And yet you're saying... Boy, comfort food that is delicious and has none of these bad things in it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, food is our first love. And um, my husband happens to be intolerant to all the things that are not in our bars. And so finding a, a healthy snack that felt good to eat, fit within a, his diet and also tasted great w- turned out to be quite quite a challenge. And so when we couldn't find that while he was in grad school, working super long days as a grad assistant, um, we decided, you know what, maybe it's time we just try making something on our own. Um, We created our original bars in our kitchen in Miami and made them for ourselves for months and just loved them and never really thought about starting a business until we started sharing them with some friends and colleagues. And that's sort of when the, the light bulb flipped, uh, flipped a switch. So, so how, how long ago was this that you and your husband, Sean, started this business? So we started the actual business in August 2013. And it was just a few months before that that we had started sharing the bars. So overall, we've been baking them for about three years now, just over three years. And we've been in business for almost two and a half years. So you weren't looking to do this. Your husband was in grad school. Did you have a a regular job? Were you in corporate America at the time? I did have a regular job, in fact. Um, Yes, I was was working in marketing for um, a boutique, uh, sort of luxury boutique hotel firm, which is totally not my style at all. If if we met in person, you'd see that I'm much more uh, probably bohemian hippie-esque than luxury (laughs) boutique, but... I was in marketing and um, managing the social media for their Miami branch of the hotel. So um, that was sort of my day job. And Sean's day job was, like I said, getting his master's. Um, It was in exercise physiology. So we're both really into fitness and eating well, but also eating good, um, good things, things that feel good and, and taste good, like I said, which... Um, it's kind of why we decided from the get-go to weave um, on our logo. You'll see logo. You'll see our our brand name, but also the phrase "full of goodness," um, and that really came from our desire to to find something that filled us up with goodness, but also tasted good. So. Your husband was getting a master's in exercise physiology. You were working for a boutique hotel, it's not like it sounds like the two of you were saying, wow, let's be entrepreneurs. So what caused this to happen? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. So I think it's a two-part question. So one, it really happened by by happenstance. So we created something that, that we loved, and it turned out that a lot of other people loved it as well. So it sort of fell into our laps in a way when we created the recipe um, without an intention of starting the business. But on that same, on the other side of that coin, I think that uh, personally for my whole life, I had sort of been going through these experiences, um, moving across the country without knowing a soul, living in New York, sort of struggling until I made it um, in the corporate world, uh, working for a management consulting firm and kind of creating, building on all these experiences and feeling somewhat unsatisfied with 
the corporate world on both spheres, the very like buttoned up management consulting world and also the very loosey goosey um you know, hotel chain world, which was, um, I don't know, there was just something that didn't quite fit. But I I loved marketing. And I loved a lot of things about it, but just always had this sort of like inner drive knowing that someday, maybe I want to do something and create something of my own. So that's sort of how the idea came to form that, yeah, this is maybe the, the avenue or the the vehicle that will allow us to start something and create something on our own. But I think both Sean and I had that desire kind of burning in our bellies for a while. So, and now Pete has joined the company. Pete, how long have you been there? Uh, since late last year, so about four months, four or five months. So you have an eclectic background, if I if I can put that properly. I mean, you have a degree <laughs> from Harvard. You were working in uh, management consulting type type work. And, you know, when I read your bio, though, you sort of front and foremost call yourself an adventurer. And when I look at your picture, no offense, but you don't really look like you're sort of the Boston consulting firm kind of guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the dreadlocks may the, throw you The off. dreadlocks threw it for me, absolutely. I, I could see that. Um, you know, honestly, this is like kind of a leap from what we're talking about, but I almost like being underestimated in a way. I think that sounds weird, and I certainly didn't intend to like start a podcast this way. <laughs> but I think we feel this way about our business, too. It's, it's nice to walk into a room and be underestimated at first, because then I kind of I have that power because I know that what we're capable of doing and, and I know that we can kind of bring the, the awe and the excitement to this process. And I, I think in doing that, I, I don't want to be judged um, by the cover the second I open the door. So, but when, you know, when I look at your resume, you have a resume that could walk you into any of the top corporations in America. What made you say, I want to work with this married couple who bakes goodies? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we've all, we've had this discussion over the past couple of months and really over the past couple of years, and I think what Brooke said is correct, that I don't know that entrepreneurs are made as much as, I mean, I think you can be born with that kind of intrinsic desire. I had that and didn't quite know that I had that. So working in sports at the NFL and working in management consulting and even working for a human services nonprofit, I think I, I enjoy the bottom lines of all of these places. I, I, human services, housing the homeless was incredibly fulfilling and working in sports, something that I've always loved, was very fulfilling. But none of those bottom lines were my own. And so I couldn't really fully invest myself in those missions. The, the mission statements were someone else's words. And it's not, there's nothing negative about that. But for me, I think I just couldn't quite fully invest. And I, you know, you talked about kind of a circuitous path professionally, but I kind of had that personally as well and faced some pretty serious health issues for a while um, and had a couple of years really to kind of sit in bed and reflect on what was important to me and what I wanted out of my life personally and professionally. At the same time, I'd been kind of following Brooke and Sean's journey over the past couple of years and just being in awe of what they were accomplishing and how quickly it was spreading, spreading really within this kind of whole food, real food movement. And so kind of following their journey understanding what's important to me, realizing that I had always said that there were three things that I would invest any amount of money or time on, and it was travel, education, and experience. And I was very, very fortunate to have all three of those things. But I realized in bed very quickly that health was not on my list, and without health, the other three were really pretty worthless. And so identifying that as a driver, I think, kind of led me to this. And this business, joining two friends married couple or otherwise, and having that be that perfect intersection for me of the health, exercise, nutrition, and delicious food. 
I, I loved how these bars tasted long before I joined this company. So how did you guys know each other? You said your old friends. It wasn't like they hired some big search firm to go find their COO. What's, what's the background with the three of you? Right. <laughs> yeah, no one knocked on my door and uh, brought me down to Charlotte. Um, I was actually at Harvard with Sean's older brother. So he was one of my college roommates. And so I've known them for uh, quite a few years, actually, and I've just been in touch with them as they started this business. And we would have brainstorming sessions, and I was asking, you know, what their plans were and how it was going, and was just always fascinated. I mean, first of all, by them as people, but second of all, by how they kind of launched themselves into this, what at first was just simply a passion. So you guys now have a very fast-growing nutrition bar business how does that impact your lifestyle as adventurers? I mean, you all sort of, when I read your bios and I heard you speak before, you all put travel and adventure high up there on the list. How does that work into running a fast-growing business? Um, well, I'll take this one first, I guess. But, you know, to me, I think, and and to Sean, you know, I think that this is the ultimate adventure. I think that we're sort of carving our own path in a world that maybe just didn't quite fit what we were looking for Exactly. And and for us, you know, we get to meet new people all the time. We get to learn about something that's completely new and almost foreign to us, which was, you know, the business world. Um, although we all had some sort of experience in the business world, intrinsic- intrinsically, it's just, it, it wasn't something that we had ever created before. And so, you know, discovering something completely new every day, meeting new people every day, and truly getting to shape something that we're not only passionate about because we believe in it, but we feel it changing other people's lives. And, you know, clearly we're not saving lives making or baking our, uh, our treats, but, you know, we have had some experiences that we've really felt other people drawn to us and drawn to the bars because of their own experiences. So I mentioned Sean's food intolerances, which, you know, gluten free has clearly become quite the buzzword um, in the nu- nutrition world and the food world, but for some people, you know, whether it's vegan, dairy free, soy free, whatever free you are, like those people that truly have celiac disease or something that affects their day to day lives so profoundly that, you know, they're seeking something that makes them feel good. And I guess going back to the phrase I used, comfort food, I think for us, we're we're giving someone comfort food because, you know, like Pete mentioned as well, like he had his own health issues, something that we can give people that feels good to them to eat, regardless of, you know, whatever health issues they're, they're dealing with. Um, so yeah, I guess it is the ultimate adventure. And just my last point, um, on that is, you know, we're not creating something that we have to be tied to like, um, like a brick and mortar that we have to be at every day. Um, And we're kind of building the business with that in mind that we don't want to have to be at a desk every day in the same position every day. We get to truly choose that. And every day is, is a new day with new experiences. So Brooke, you sort of mentioned in there that, you know, when you were out in the, the corporate world and other things that you were doing, the world didn't really have what you were looking for. And Pete said when he was talking earlier that he didn't even really know that he had this entrepreneurial spirit when he was out working for the NFL or working in consulting. He felt maybe there was something there. Now that you guys have sort of opened up that you know, that door and let this sort of entrepreneurial spirit out. What is it that you're absolutely loving about the lifestyle you're creating? 
Yeah, I think Brooke hit it on the head when she said that each day is different. I mean, I don't know how else to define an adventure except by saying that every morning when I wake up, I don't truly know what the day has in store for us. And that is like endlessly thrilling in my mind. I think I feel like our business has just limitless potential right now in the avenues that we pursue and the products that we create and the people that we speak with, the tastings that we do and the way that people light up when they taste our bars. I think all of that to me is just a wide open door and it's very exciting to decide, which we do every morning, how we're going to walk through that door and what other doors we want to open with that. So, uh, you know, we really, we got together when I first came down here and we kind of redefined our mission statement and our vision statement, our values and really listed things out that we really cared about and that we personally can invest in, that we truly believe in. And to have that be kind of the guiding light or the guiding principles behind our company uh, is amazing. And so I think that's the entrepreneurial path that probably most of the people on your show can speak to. It's whatever the, whatever's driving them internally and developing a path to spread that with the world, I think is, is so exciting. So is there anything that you don't love about this journey? Is there any days that, you know, Pete, you think I could go back and work for the NFL or, or Brooke, you think that that boutique hotel sure looks good on a day like this. Is there anything you don't love? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I think so. And I think any job probably carries that. I don't wake up and say, I wish I'd gone back to consulting or the NFL, or I wish I'd gone to someone else's path. But yeah, there are there are things that are disruptive. So I personally, I cannot turn my brain off. Um, I lay in bed at night and I think about this business and I think about the next day, the next week and the next month, and the next year. And it's exciting, but I also can't sleep because of it. So I think that's not, you know, it's hard to balance. People always talk about that work-life balance. I think that's particularly hard for me coming into this new situation and having work be such a tremendously big part of my life. Um, and how to draw that distinction. And I think the other piece that I realized, which I truly didn't know before I got down here, is that now, you know, in some respects, I'm my own boss. And it turns out I'm a very demanding, <laughs> difficult boss when it comes to myself. And I'm learning how to uh, how to treat myself almost on a daily basis, if that makes any sense. And Tom, if I may just kind of add to that, I think it's a great segue to what I was just going to touch on. And you know, I think um, this is both a, a pro and a con, I guess, to being an entrepreneur. But like Pete was saying, I think being an entrepreneur just pushes you to realize your own need for personal growth as well as professional growth. And I guess for me, that really has just stretched me in in every possible way, both you know, mentally, mentally, physically, like pushing myself too hard, um, worrying that we're not pushing ourselves hard enough, figuring out how to be our own bosses. Um, and for me, it's it, a lot of it revolves around fear. And I think what Pete was saying about not being able to turn your brain off, um, I certainly have that same <laughs> that same issue. Um, although mine tends to be first thing in the morning, and I think Pete stays up late at night, um, but. <laughs> you know, something that I've had to really personally look at and deal with is, is dealing with that fear. And I think in everything that I've personally, you know, pursued in my life so far, there's been some element of fear. Um, and I, and I truly believe that just taking a leap into entrepreneurialism without maybe knowing all the things that we should be afraid of at first, um, I think that's the only way to do it. Um, 
But for me, it's a fear of not only failure, because I think everyone is afraid of failure in, in some aspect, but it's also growth. And it's also, you know, like looking myself in the mirror and, and thinking like, am I doing a good enough job? Am I, am I leading in a way that anyone else, any of my mentors would be proud of? And just like really having to look yourself square in the eye and be the one that you're answering to is, is tough sometimes. <laughs> yes. I, trust me, I, I fully know. And when, when Pete said that, you know, he finds that he's a really tough boss on himself. I've had the joke. I've been working for myself for coming up on seven years. And I've always said, my boss is a jerk. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, both of you said, you know, you can't turn it off. And, you, you know, you're up early, Brooke, you know, in, early in the morning, your mind clicks on. And, and you can't sleep in the middle of the night, Pete. And, and so my recommendation is get up and eat a Brooks bar. That'll help. That, that, will, that will help with everything when you can't sleep and your mind is racing. So I've got a lot more questions for you guys. But first, I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. And I love the sponsor of this episode because they're also the production company that I use to produce cool things entrepreneurs do. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Pete and Brooke. So for an exclusive offer for the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, visit podfly.net slash cool things and see what they have in store for you. And I know in the new year, a lot of my listeners have already talked to me about wanting to start their own podcast. I wouldn't do it without Podfly Productions. So getting back to our interview and a couple of questions, if somebody's listening to this and they think, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel that inside of me. I want to go do my own thing, create my own path. I'm a bit of an adventurer. What advice do you have for people who want to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, great question. So I think first and foremost, do your research. Uh, do your homework first. And when you decide what that thing is that may be drawing you to pursue entrepreneurship, you know, learn everything you possibly can about that industry, industry trends, um, everything about that business for a solid four to six weeks. Like give yourself a solid month and just dive in. Um, but don't overthink it. Um, and once you feel confident that you're onto something and that there's a consumer demand, just take the leap. Um, I think that's the thing that's probably the hardest thing to do. You know, like we're like, we've kind of talked about before, we're all adventurers, you know, um, been skydiving. We've all taken huge risks in our personal lives in some way, shape or form. But I think with entrepreneurship, you know, people always ask us, well, how are you doing what you do? And we just say, we just, you just do it. And then you figure it out. So I think, I think that's the hardest part is just taking that first leap and trusting yourself. Um, and then secondarily, after you start, I think what we attribute so much of our own growth to um, is just surrounding ourselves with people who are smarter than us and who have more experience than we do. So you know, we certainly have not built a company on our own. And it really, really is the people that we've surrounded ourselves with who have just been incredibly generous with their time and their, their feedback and, um, you know, their willingness to participate in something that we're just learning about. Pete, anything to add? 
Yeah, I think I think Brooks right. I think it's and really, you know, I, I personally went through this process. What is my passion, and then how am I going to follow that? And having the drive, willpower, um, sense of fear, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, to follow that path, um, and having pretty thick skin. I mean, we, you know, we get turned down a lot. We change course a lot. We kind of each day embark on a new journey and have that willingness to expose ourselves, put ourselves out there. Um, and take the lumps as they come. Uh, use each of those just as a learning experience as we try to do with everything else in life. So you mentioned surrounding yourself with people. How important is networking for entrepreneurs? I think it's incredibly important. And I, I don't know that, you know, I'm not picturing this like formal Tuesday night networking session. I'm picturing, you know, Brooke and Sean and I constantly picking up the phone and calling old colleagues and bosses. And we've all three of us have been fortunate to have some incredible mentors along the way. Um, I had someone in business that have just given given really really strong good advice uh, personally and professionally, um, creating just kind of friends across sectors. So acknowledging that I'm going to get answers from people who are not necessarily in the food industry because a lot of these lessons are applicable to whatever you're doing um, in any business. But also just being willing to continually have our ears open. And I think that you know we've talked about this before as a as a small group of how much we learn when we least expect it, just by having our ears open. And I think we kind of glean those little tidbits of information from people throughout the day. And sometimes it's a day later, sometimes it's a month later where we think, oh, that's that's something that's really applicable to what we're doing right now. Let's follow that and create a path out of that. Well, and you guys are a great example of why networking matters, because when I asked how you all found each other, you're, you were roommates, you know, Pete, with Sean's older brother, in college. And years later, that led to you finding the job. I tell people all the time, networking is not a networking event. That's just a tool to meet people. It's what do you do with it? Because if you had lived with this person in college and never followed up with him and never met his brother, and were just a jerk to people around you and just doing your own thing, that never would have led to this opportunity. So it's you always have to realize that everything you're doing is involved with people and all opportunities in your life are going to come from those people. So you've got to be constantly tuned in and aware. And it's not that people should be like, how do I use that person? It's you build long-term and mutually beneficial relationships and friendships. And if you do it right, opportunities are going to fall from the sky. I mean, my guess is there are people who would say, oh, Pete is so lucky that he hooked up with this growing company. But it wasn't luck. It was you were a nice guy who were part of their lives and you kept in touch and the stars aligned. And that's the way this networking stuff really works. Totally agree. Sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any big secret. And I think that we've kind of learned over and over again throughout life. If I find someone who I think is is interesting or doing interesting things or is just a kind, intelligent person, I'm going to ask them questions until they turn it off. <laughs> so I think I learned so much from just following people that are appealing to me. And it's not with some agenda of, you know, this person may be in a managerial role at some point and I'm going to work for them. It's just, I think there's an incredible amount to learn from, from anyone in any course or path of life. And I think if you're willing to, answer, to ask those questions and willing to expose yourself and be honest a little bit about what your fears are, what your journey is, I think the world kind of opens up in that way. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what is the coolest thing that you guys are doing with Brooks Bars right now? Sure. Well, I think, you know, one of the coolest things that we've been enabled to do through our fantastic network of, you know, customers and um, followers is, you know, just to be able to explore. Um, this next year, we have some really exciting uh growth opportunities and we're really working on doing some R&D into 
not only a couple new flavors potentially, um, one of which will be probably launching within the next six months, I'll say, um, but also some potential new product avenues um, just based on, you know, talking to people, talking to our people and listening to what our sort of tribe has to say. Yeah, I think even beyond new products, I think what's very exciting about this for us as we grow is that we're seeing these avenues kind of continually open up for our business. And and some were anticipated and some weren't. So Brooks mentioned kind of the allergy conscious community, um, but also endurance athletes and kids. We just met with a school yesterday and had a great conversation around kids looking for good, healthy snacks. I think because our business is grounded in this real food movement, and it, and it's delicious. I mean, I, I literally ate these bars before joining the business and loved them. I think because of that, it, it opens up a lot of new avenues, and we're not really locked into any kind of audience or target segment um, that some other businesses may find themselves in. So we could talk about Pete, Brooke, Sean, and Brooks bars for another hour, and people would be fascinated because you are doing cool things. However, I think the best entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask my guests, who's someone else out there, not someone in your company, who's someone else that you see where you think, wow, he or she, they're doing something cool. Yeah, so we know so many incredible entrepreneurs just in our Charlotte community. Um, There are some wonderful people doing great things that light us up all the time. Um, I think a couple of those businesses who are here locally are um, not just coffee nourish, um, people just doing things really, really well in their niche. So, you know, um, those people inspire us all the time, but kind of beyond that and taking a broader perspective on, you know, the entrepreneurs who are just killing it and who we truly admire, um, on a, from a broader sense, um, is a company called Roots Hummus. Um, they're also a food business. They're based in Asheville, North Carolina, Um, To be honest, we don't personally know the founders, although we hope to uh, cross paths here someday. But we have had quite a bit of interaction with, you know, some of the people that are working for their company who are doing business development and also uh, brand ambassadors. And I think the thing that we respect so much about them and that really inspires us is not only the quality of their product, because once you... We swear once you eat roots, you'll never go back. Um, It's truly a new experience and and tasting hummus. But the fact that the people in their company, regardless of whether they're the founders or not, just have this sort of energy about them and just um, kind of life about them that truly inspires us all the time, that it's not just from the top, but definitely filtering from the top down and sort of trickling down throughout their company that – They're just good people, and you can feel that as soon as you meet them, and they're doing something that inspires them, um, and that even their brand ambassadors and the people that do events for them um, really shines through. And then the other company also happens to be a food company. I guess it's sort of a trend around here that we just love good food, but um, it's a national company, although it's somewhat gourmet and um, specific, but Theo Chocolates. Um, they're at Whole Foods nationally and their founder, um, his name's Joe and he's been someone that we followed for a little while now, just because we've been so inspired about the way that he sources his, his ingredients and products and 
truly um, thinks about quality first. And not only that, but has been kind enough to be completely open-minded and open-hearted with us and sharing tidbits about his experience and how to help us grow. Um, And, you know, that's something that we really love to do in our own way, in our small way, whenever we can with other folks who are just stepping into the entrepreneurial world. So we respect that so much. Excellent. So another question that I like to close out the show with, because in addition to being great observers, I think great entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. I mean, sure we do, but I think we also want to find a way to give back and leave our mark. And I can tell just by talking to the two of you and and knowing a little bit about your company that I'm going to love the answer to this next question. But what is it that you two and Brooks Bars, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Yeah. And I think you are hitting on the core foundation of our business. So when we, like I said earlier, we mapped out our mission, vision, and values. And our vision statement is to provide the fuel for you to change the world one bite at a time. And we mean that very literally. I think this product provides the fuel to go out and and follow your own passion. Our, Our lives do revolve around food, like it or not. And especially for someone, you know, I'll call Sean and myself out, someone with like very sensitive stomach and and health issues and and food allergies, for me to eat these bars while making deliveries of these bars um, and feel good afterwards is an incredible feeling and something that I'm willing, it's so incredible that I'm willing to devote my life to it right now. And to have this be the fuel, not just for us, but for everyone else to pursue their own passion, I think does give back to the greater good. Um, and we've seen what that looks like in a few faces, and one in particular that Brooke and I were just talking about this morning that really jumped out to us. Um, we recently got into the Charlotte airport, and we're working with a few different vendors there and retailers in the airport. And we had a gentleman approach us, um, suit and tie, on a business trip, asking about our product being gluten free. And you know, we responded and told him uh, that we test to five parts per million, seventy-five percent more than industry standard, and that we're very careful about how we only. Uh, bake one flavor at a time and all of the, the steps that we take to ensure that our, our product is truly allergen conscious. And he started tearing up and we asked him why. And he said his wife had gone through some horrendous health issues with celiac disease. And he was so thrilled to find a product that he could bring home to her that he started crying in front of us. And, and Brooke and I didn't, we couldn't even find the words at the time to say like, this is what it looks like. Something that we just enjoy doing and that we have fun baking because we love the taste of it can impact someone's life in a way that's so unexpected and, and so just poignant. I think it was an incredible example for us of, of what the result can be from a, a path and a mission like this. Yeah. And um, I think just a quick segue, um, you know, Pete really captured it, why, what lights us up. And I think this quote really sums it up for us um, by Howard Thurman, which is, don't ask what the world needs. Instead, go out and find what makes you come alive. Uh, Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. So for us, you know, food and goodness, that's what makes us come alive. Um, You know, on a more practical note, I guess we, you know, as we grow, we're we think about sourcing a lot. We use all recycled boxes. Um, you know, we try to reuse boxes whenever possible, whenever our retailers let us. And it, we're really serious about becoming a B corporation. And um, we're also, you know, just really serious about 
making sure that we're creating something that continues to evolve um, with our beliefs a little bit um, and our consumers' beliefs about real food and just taking that to a new level. We're never going to stop growing and we're never going to stop evolving and getting better. Because I think at the end of the day, there are hundreds of bars out there, but as long as we're competing against ourselves and becoming better every day, I think that that's all that really matters to us. So. I think we can leave a big footprint, but a clean footprint. Nice. That's how we want to travel. Nice. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have Brooke Muldoon and Pete Smith from Brooks Bars here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And I think everybody who listened will agree they're doing some cool things. So if somebody's listening and, and they just have to know more about you, they want to know more about your lives, they want to know more about your company, or maybe they don't live in an area where they can get Brooks Bars, but they're thinking, hmm. I have an allergy, or I eat vegan, or boy, that just sounded delicious. How in the world do they find out about the company, and can they order this online? Yeah, absolutely. So we're at brooksbars.com, B-R-U-K-S-B-A-R-S.com, and that's where you can find out more about all of our products, as well as, um, if you're interested, we send out about a monthly or bi-monthly newsletter and have an ongoing blog on our website um, you can also find us at any at um, at Brooks Bars on social media. So um, we really appreciate your having us on, Tom. It's been a pleasure. No, this has been a great interview, and I think this is exactly what I seek out. When I started the show, I was looking for people who were trying to find their own path in the world, who were willing to say it's okay. To go for it. And that's, I think, what you guys have done today. Well, thank you so much. It sounds like you're doing a lot of the same. So congratulations on all your success as well. Thank you. And again, thank you to everybody who listened to the show. We wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the audience. If you're interested in the group coaching program, The Cool Things Project, go to TomSinger.com. Hunt around. You're going to find it quite easily. Uh, We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody very, very interesting who's doing cool stuff. In the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.